Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Jenna Ellis, and welcome to Just the Truth podcast, sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find them at thomasmoresociety.org. I am back from the NRB and Dallas, happy to be back in the swamp. And there's a lot of news to cover, so we're going to get right in it with my good friend, Andrew Giuliani, who is running for New York governor. And uh, the breaking news tonight out of New York, of course, is with the New York City mayoral candidate race. So Andrew joins me now to discuss. Good to see you, my friend. Jenna, so great to be with you as always. So yeah, it was an exciting light night last night. Curtis Lee will run, won the Republican primary. Uh, the Democratic primary we'll know about in, I don't know, like a week or two. It takes forever with this ranked choice voting. Looks like Eric Adams might be the guy, but there's Curtis right there. You know, I have known Curtis since I was three years old. He was, uh, he's been working the streets for a long, tr- long time and trying to keep it safe. He will be the law and order candidate in New York. Yeah, so, and I saw him uh, comment today that your father, uh, Rudy Giuliani, is kind of mentoring him in this capacity. So, uh, so for those who absolutely love America's mayor, is he uh, kind of the next iteration of a Rudy Giuliani candidacy? I think he is. And, you know, what he ultimately brings to the table, it's very similar to the policies that we're bringing to the table in our gubernatorial race, which is a year out, but ultimately his is the next four and a half months. He keeps talking about how he's going to clean up the streets. The great thing about Curtis is he started the program called the Guardian Angels in the late 70s when the government was doing nothing about crime and crime was just spiking and spiking and spiking. And he went in there with his organization, which is now, I think, in 15 different countries in four different continents around the world. Um, And he helped to clean up subway crime by just having unarmed volunteers on there. He truly is the definition of a public servant in New York. So I'm going to be working very hard over the next four and a half months to see if Curtis Lewick can become the 110th mayor of the great city of New York. That's fantastic. And, you know, I think, uh, Andrew, that people in New York and all across America, of course, with all of these Democrats like de Blasio, like, uh, of course, Andrew Cuomo, are ready for a change. And they're ready for the strength of America first, all of the policies, of course, that President Trump brought to America and good governors like the Ron DeSantis's of America. And so as you're looking at New York and the state of New York, what do you think is actually the possibility, even though you just said we won't know the Democrats? candidate, do you think that there's a real chance uh, that the Republican will actually win in New York City? Well, Curtis has an uphill battle. There's no doubt about it. The demographics in New York City specifically, they're very blue and they're deep blue. And look, we are are the home of AOC, right? So ultimately, it'll give your viewers an idea of the perspective over here, unfortunately. So Curtis definitely has his work cut out for him. But I think the thing that Curtis, the way he can make the greatest difference and the way he potentially can pull off the upset is by coming out there and presenting the policies. Because the truth is, in having spoken to New Yorkers in the last month and a half of my candidacy, what I have heard, and this is true not just in New York City, but all across the state, 
They are really concerned with the educational system in New York and the fact that they don't have accountability and there aren't more charter schools and they're taking away the gifted and talented program. They cannot stand the fact that crime in New York City truly is spiking. It's up 65 percent from 2020. In 2020, it was double what it was in 2019. That is truly devolving into chaos right there. And then when we talk about the economic development, people and businesses are leaving New York. And you mentioned Ron DeSantis. They're going down to Florida. Well, look, I love you, Ron. You're doing a heck of a job. But with a Governor Giuliani and with a Mayor Sliwa, you are not going to have co-realtors of the year in Florida. We're going to turn those U-Haul trucks back around and bring them back up 95 to New York. That's so great. And I think that a lot of New Yorkers should be really happy to hear that because the economy there needs to prosper. I mean, if we talk about state sovereignty, everyone should be proud of their state and be fighting as hard as they can to attract American citizens to uh, the states that are their home state. And so uh, with your candidacy, and you've talked about this, let's talk about the current governor of New York, uh, Cuomo. I mean, his investigation is taking a really long time. How is that going to ultimately impact uh, your campaign and also uh, his next steps moving forward? Well, it's a very good question, and we're keeping our, our eye on it. You know, I spoke at a political event a couple of weeks ago to somebody who's a metter, member of the Judiciary Committee, an assemblywoman who's a member of the Judiciary Committee in Albany. Uh, and I asked her, I said, well, just curiously, and whatever you can share with me that's public, what do you think the timeline is? Are we looking at weeks? Are we looking at days? And she said, no, we're looking at months. Uh, and to her analysis of the issue, Cuomo had allies that were slowing this down. This doesn't surprise me. This is exactly what Andrew does. Andrew is a common thug when it comes to this stuff. He's smart, but he is a common thug. So the truth is, if ultimately they are not going to hold him accountable, then voters have to hold him accountable on November 8th of 2022. You know, Jenna, I talk about bringing New Yorkers back, bringing people back to New York and businesses back. But there are two exceptions, Bill de Blasio and Andrew Cuomo. I am happy for them to play their, pay their taxes in a different state. Everybody else, come back. De Blasio, Cuomo, you guys can leave. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, but just don't bring your terrible policies to any other state. Uh, definitely not my home state of Colorado <laughs> either. So, uh, yeah, and you know, and this begs the question as well when we're talking about Cuomo, about the Cuomo brothers and how the media is treating him and the justice system is treating him comparatively with Republicans. And so, uh, just today, there was a January 6th, you know, quote unquote insurrectionist, uh, this uh, this uh, grandma who is pleading guilty to parading in the Capitol and. So we have such a quick turnaround of these so-called insurrectionists. We still have people who are being held without bail. And then you have somebody like an Andrew Cuomo that his investigation is going to take a really long time. What does that tell you, Andrew Giuliani, about the state of hypocrisy in our justice system, how it treats Republicans versus Democrats? Well, it tells you everything you need to know, Jen. I mean, it's it's a unequal justice system right now. And that, and that and I think you know this probably, if not better than anybody, certainly as well as anybody. You've seen ultimately how people with D's in front of their name are treated versus people with R's in front of their name. You know, obviously, we've all focused on Hunter Biden uh, for a long time on this issue. But I think the thing that's so important when we talk about some of Hunter's issues, it's not the fact that he ultimately was a drug addict and is in recovery. I'm very, very thankful that he's in recovery, to be perfectly honest. But it's the fact that while he ultimately was a self-admitted addict, while he was going through what he was going through, 
The Ukraine and Burisma thought it was appropriate to give him $83,000, and China thought it was appropriate to make a $1.5 billion investment. While, if your listeners actually look at his book, at the same time, he was going through a 12-day drug binge from L.A. to Las Vegas. So I think the focus gets caught too much on his issues. It doesn't actually get caught on how public policy was changed and international relations, really, and policy was changed because of ultimately what was going on right there. So all I would yeah. say is I don't want politics of the justice. And, and we'll be right back with Andrew Giuliani right after this. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and I'm continuing the conversation with my good friend Andrew Giuliani, who of course is running for New York State Governor, and we are all so excited about that. We need more good America First uh, policymakers in office. And so, Andrew, before the break, we were talking about the mainstream media and how the ridiculous Como, Cuomo brothers uh, and CNN and all of the fake news are just giving a pass to Andrew Cuomo for his uh, hideously irresponsible conduct. The investigation is taking so long. And so as you move forward with your candidacy, what is your plan to get the truth out there and away from the mainstream media that, of course, is going to want to shape everything, frankly, against Republicans and so against you? Great question. The way we actually go through it is we meet as many of the 19.5 million New Yorkers as possible. What I did today was I went to PS 156 in Laurelton, Queens. They in PS 156 have a fifth grade math efficiency rate of 21%. That's ultimately how we do it. We have to go into these neighborhoods that have been misserved by the state government, that have mis misserved by their um, by the Department of Education. And I need to actually have conversations with them because that's the only way we're going to break through uh, the media. And so for me, it's, it's my entire strategy is a 62-county strategy of New York where we snake and snake around. And the truth is, Jenna, we've already started to see some effect with it. We've gotten two regional polls back, one from the Syracuse area, Onondaga County, and one from New York City, the five areas. In both areas, we are up double digits on the other announced candidates in the race. Um, so I feel like if we continue for the next 16 and a half months to keep up the same pace, to shake as many of the 19.5 million New Yorkers' hands as possible, then we will win and we will ultimately get Andrew Cuomo out of Albany on November 8th of 2022. Yeah, replace the bad Andrew with the great one. That's, that should be, <laughs> a, be a slogan. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and, you know, this was President Trump's victory as well, was going directly to the American people. And we saw how much he was just so loved across the country that uh, it couldn't be denied that he was absolutely so much more popular than Joe Biden and the Democrat candidate. So I have to ask you the question about election integrity. Is that a concern for you and in the state of New York? I mean, that wasn't one of the six states, obviously, that, you know, your father and I uh, fought for uh, strongly in the aftermath of the 2020 election. But is there any emphasis that your campaign is putting on election integrity? Yes, we're already looking at it. You know, there are two super majorities 
uh, Democratic supermajorities in the state assembly and the state senate in New York. So it's a it's a difficult legislative uh, body that we're dealing with. Um, but one of the concerns that I had yesterday when I voted in the primary was I went in there, I said my name, they asked for my address, which is public. I told them my address, and they basically just said sign the uh, sign the iPad with your finger, which is never a great signature, right? I mean, it's always better to do it on paper. Sign the iPad, and I got my ballot. There was wow. no asking for identification, no asking for the nine digits on my identification. And one of the things that I saw recently, Monmouth just did a poll. 80% of Americans in a Monmouth poll, which, by the way, Monmouth is not the most conservative pollster. 80% of Americans, according to Monmouth, support, support some form of voter identification. We need to make sure that that happens in Albany, in New York, in November of 2022. So that way, all New Yorkers can have confidence that they are electing the person that they voted for. This just seems to be common sense. And I'm so sick and tired of the Democrat left trying to call everybody racist who simply yeah. want to make sure to make it easy to vote, but hard to cheat. And it seems like this is common sense. And for all of the 50 states, including New York, the state legislatures and candidates like yourself and current governors need to be focused on making sure that their citizens have confidence in not only the transparency, but the security of elections. And so as we look at other Republican governors, and as you look forward to what I hope will be your first term in office there in New York, uh, when you look at somebody like how a Brian Kemp handled uh, the aftermath of the, of the uh, 2020 election, and now you look at how Ron DeSantis is handling things like critical race theory, like women's sports, like some of these other issues, uh, what is your plan? How are you going to uh, to kind of field, what, where do you fall into that spectrum of how uh, Americans have looked at different Republican governors? Oh, and we have lost Andrew Giuliani's feed, but we will get him uh, right back. And we are also awaiting Jack Brewer, who will be my next guest, hopefully, because we want to talk about all of these issues. And so as we continue to talk to Andrew Giuliani and hopefully get him back, we will take a quick commercial break and we will be right back here on Just the Truth. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. back to Just the Truth. And as it happens, like sometimes it does, uh, technology has failed us and maybe it's big tech. I don't know. Maybe Mark Zuckerberg isn't su super happy that uh, we are telling the truth on this program. So you get to just listen to me for a little bit. And one of the things that I wanted to talk about with Andrew Giuliani was about uh, President Biden and what he said today with AG Merrick Garland about the Second Amendment. Can you believe this? When President Biden, who is the installed president of the United States, we all know that he is not actually uh, the one who is running the country. But he says this, and I'll, and I'll uh, just bring this up. He says, quote, for folks at home, no one needs to have a weapon that can fire over 30, 40, 50, even up to 100 rounds, unless you think the deer are wearing Kevlar vests or something. 
Well, President Biden, I have news for you. The U.S. Constitution and our Second Amendment was not ever made with the contemplation of just hunting. This is all about self-defense, and it's also about the American people being willing to and able to defend ourselves from government control. And so when you have a president who is advocating for this kind of ridiculous, unconstitutional ideology and is telling the American people that their only right to keep and bear arms is for hunting purposes or uh, for some other purpose besides self-defense or really any other reason that uh, we can keep and bear arms. This is shameful. We need to push back. We need to call him out on that. And we need to understand a civics lesson that in context, our Second Amendment requires that the government preserve and protect our right to keep and bear arms. They should not be able to question it. We should be able to uh, have that right because it is God-given and our government is obligated to preserve and protect it. And I am tired of the Democrats trying to take away our rights by pretending that they can tell us we can only use it for hunting. That's ridiculous. We'll be right back. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome back to Just the Truth, where all of the truth is being spoken here. And you know what? One of my really good friends happens to be here, who is Aubrey Shines. He's the host of America Shines right here on Real America's Voice. And Aubrey, um, thanks so much for joining me on set. Usually you're here on Friday. Right, so correct. glad. We yeah. just, you know, grabbed you out of the hall. Yeah, We're right. like, hey, it's, come it's on nice in. It's nice to be in the hallway. <laughs> yes. No, it's great. Um, so I was just talking about the Second Amendment uh, issue and how Joe Biden is just a complete disaster on all fronts. But for him to try to tell the American people that you can only use and exercise your Second Amendment protected freedom in the context of hunting and that nobody ever needs, you know, these other kinds of guns, it's just shameful. It is. And I often think of things from a historical perspective. What would have happened, Jenna, during the time when the Democratic Party was just ravishing the South and they were pillaging the minds and souls of poor black people there. Had blacks not had an opportunity to own a firearm, they never would have been able, unfortunately, to kind of beat back the Democratic Party lynchmen who were the KKK. Mm -hmm. So it's an interesting thing to me that it's okay for the elitists to have guns, but not just the regular common man and common lady. I, I don't think this is what our founders really intended. Not and at it's all. a power grab, and it sounds pretty Marxist to me. I think if they desire our guns, uh, I've heard someone say maybe they should come take them out of our cold damn hands. I just can't see America, you know, kind of capitulating uh, to this Marxist ideology. I just, Jenna, don't see it happening. No, I don't either, and especially in the context of everything that we have gone through as a country over this last year, uh, with we've seen our rights being cut off so arbitrarily by uh, Democrat governors and in the context of uh, all of the COVID mandates and how extremely arbitrary and how our rights 
have have been diminished. And so when uh, the Democrats have been pushing this whole gun control narrative for a long time now, but I think even more in the context of 2021, mm -hmm. the American people are willing to stand up and say, no, this is now just draw the line in the sand, which the line in the sand, by the way, is the U.S. Constitution. We Absolutely. have that line. Yeah, yeah. And think about guys and girls in, in Chicago, by the way. Let's just take a snapshot of that. You have the worst uh, mayor and probably administration in years there. You have, I mean, there are more murders that have happened in several years. I know this, done the research, know the study. Here you have most more murders in this area than in the entire Iraq war. What would happen if the citizens of Chicago had firearms that they could carry like the rest of us to make sure that their property, their people are provided for, I think we'd see a different outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, joining us now on the panel is my good friend Jack Brewer, and he's a former NFL player, and now he is also the current chairman of AFPI Opportunity Now. And Jack, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Great to be with you, Jenna. Everybody, absolutely. excuse me for not wearing a tie. I am a coach. <laughs> Florida, Florida, a bunch of kids, so I apologize. You know what? All of our viewers, we keep it real around here. This is Real America's Voice, and we're so happy to have you, Jack. And I want to—I uh, have both of you on a really important topic, which is the whole transgender athletes now that are participating in the Olympics. Jack, as a former NFL player, um, I think that you know you are someone who is very qualified to speak about this and, and talk about how ridiculous the, this is that somehow we think now that women uh, should be forced to compete with biological men. You know, I keep my Bible really close to me these days everywhere that I go because uh, the word of God is just being threatened at every level. Uh, this is spiritual to me. You know, as a National Football League player, uh, I, I can't speak on this, uh, but as a Christian man, uh, I'm speaking even louder uh, because right now what the enemy is doing is trying to uh, make us believe that boys are girls and girls are boys. And we're, we're just manipulating the, the minds of the people right now uh, to, to the point now that we have Olympians that are men that are participating against women. Can you imagine working your entire life to try to make it to the Olympic Games? This used to be the symbol of equality. You think about Jesse Owens, you think about um, Mr. Um, Tommy Smith and everyone else, all these great moments in time we've had around our Olympic Games, and now you're gonna bring in this devilish, satanic uh, thought by allowing men to compete against women. I mean, it's just, it's embarrassment. It's an embarrassment to the world, and the world needs to stand up uh, to this. I think this is the moment where conservatives uh, and Christians should be more loud than we ever have been, because uh, this has just gone too far. Amen, brother. And I love that you say you're a Christian first. That is the most important thing. And that's why I love this panel as well, that we speak truth because we speak the truth of the word of God, not just our own individual experiences. And one thing that you mentioned as well, Jack, um, that I want to ask Aubrey about is, you know, we look at the history of sports and we look at back at famous Olympians, which, you know, did include Bruce Jenner. Are we now going to write revisionist history and say that a woman won the Olympics back then? I mean, that's nobody's talking about that. Why not? Aubrey. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, I, I got caught I know, up. You're with so Jack. stunned yeah, by know, the, even but, the concept. And I, I'm looking at Jack <laughs> and I'm just thinking, wow, he's really. What I find, uh, Jenna, very interesting, Jack, is this. 
This idea really is coming from one political party. And none of us can divorce ourselves from that reality. And that reality is, it is the Democratic Party that is pushing this idea, what I call a non-God idea. Why do I say that? Because anytime you cannot identify who you are at birth, well, you're taking on the idea that you've created yourself in your own image. So we have one Jenna political party that continues to push this narrative, and it is the Democratic Party. Listen, every guy, girl that goes to a church or a synagogue in this country should be outraged. Every mom or dad that has raised a child to participate in sports or any other field, and now that's being violated because there are those that share a Marxist ideology that simply say, we want to take God out of the narrative. In other words, let's not define these things. Let's not define genders. And there is one party, that is the Democratic Party. Yeah, and Jack, I've heard, I've seen pushback to this, even on my own Twitter feed from people who are saying, okay, well, the solution then should just be for uh, the, the weight classes or, you know, some other sort of, um, you know, co-ed distribution, and we shouldn't have men and women's sports. We should have some other type of classification. That's equality. That's progress. What do you think about that? No, that's pandering. And that's hypocrisy. That is not what sports is all about. Sports is about you compete. Uh, and, and, and a rule is what says who wins and loses. If you can't play by the, the rules, you don't change the rules of sports uh, just because you want to appease uh, to someone that wants to be something that they're not. That's absolutely ridiculous. It actually goes against everything that sports is about. It's about true competition. It's about actually competing against each other and staying in, in the rules. And that's all biblical as well. They, they talk about that in the Bible. And so all of this is just an attack on spirituality. And it's really an insult to all the women, the women that have worked so hard that weren't allowed to play sports. You look back throughout history, women have had to work so many, even as there's countries that still today don't allow their women to play. And now all of a sudden you're going to start to allow men to come into women's sport after women were oppressed for hundreds of years and not even allowed to play in these sports. And so it's just, all of this is a slap in the face. Uh, you know, it, it, people try to make it, make it out like they're, they're being humanitarian by appeasing to this uh, ungodly type of philosophy. But at the end of the day, this is the devil. This, this is the demon spirit that's all over our nation. Uh, and just like Mr. Price said, it is the Democratic Party that's allowing this, this spirit, because that's what it is. They're putting a spirit out upon our people. You can see it in the kids. When I work with these kids now, they're getting so soft. These boys have all of these feminine mannerisms, and it's becoming cool. It's, it's the way that it is. You go into these video games, they're teaching little boys how to do hair, and they're softening everybody up. And that's their game that they're playing. That's what Marxists do. They want a soft generation so that they can control them. And it goes back to these big corporations that are supporting all of these transgenderism and all of these bisexual and homosexual uh, activities and acts. It's all ungodly. Even the National Football League, you go online right now and see the NFL logo. Now all of a sudden it's red, right? And it's, uh, it's a rainbow flag covering the National Football League emblem. That is demonic and it needs to stop and I stand against it. Absolutely. And they are willing to fly the rainbow flag and yet allow people to kneel for the Star Spangled Banner. I mean, this is just absolutely absurd. It's evil, like you said, Jack. And it also, not only does it teach us softness 
Aubrey, I mean, I, I love my men toxic and masculine, you know, because that's how God intended it, right? And I think it's also teaching men to not be respectful of women. If men can come in and dominate women in women's sports, that is so disrespectful to women as not just the weaker vessel and all of that that the Bible teaches, but also to be respectful for our accomplishments. I mean, I, I think that women who are Olympians who have gone this far should just say, I am not willing to compete with a biological man. They should sit it out and say, no, you can have men's sports and the effeminate men's category then if that's what you want to go. Yeah, and, and let's even go further. I've had the opportunity to uh, be a life coach to several NFL players. I have to leave their names out. And this is what I found. If they desired to put, for instance, a scripture of something that they believed on their uniform, on their face, do you know that the NFL would actually bring them in and give them what's called counseling sessions to make sure that they understood that they could be offending someone. So what I find uh, so duplicitous with all of these major league uh, games is what? Simple. That it's okay if you deny science, but it's certainly okay if you deny the very belief that founded this very, very nation. That type of duplicity is something that this country actually is regurgitating. And I think we're going to continue to see an outcry uh, against this. This is ridiculous. Absolutely. And it should be an outcry and it should be, it should uh, be incumbent upon every single one of us who recognizes that reality still exists, that the truth of the word of God and the reality to which we are presented exists. We should not be ashamed of the gospel of Christ and of, the, of reality. And we should not be coerced into silence just because people are calling us names because those names do not match the truth of reality. And I'm so grateful for both of you who are speaking up on this issue and more. And we'll be right back to talk more with my panel, Jack Brewer and Aubrey Shines, when we come back here on Just the Truth. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and I'm continuing the conversation with my good friends and my panel tonight. Aubrey Shines, who's the host of America Shines right here on Real America's Voice, and Jack Brewer, who's a former NFL player and the chairman of AFPI Opportunity Now. So, gentlemen, the other uh, big story that came out today was about the uh, COVID vaccine and all of the myocarditis and heart problems that we're now seeing in teens that are linked to the vaccine. And this is just a shockingly irresponsible uh, just idea that has been suppressed that vaccine hesitancy uh, needs to be looked at as somehow um, this hysteria and that you're a conspiracy theorist if you even have hesitancy or you want to wait and follow the facts and see what's going on. Because I want you to watch this short clip about how the federal government, other organizations were trying so hard to incentivize people to take the vaccine. Watch this. We're going to continue encouraging people to get vaccinated with incentives and fun rewards. $50,000. Each one of these balls represents $50,000 uh, check that individuals receive when they get their second shot. I don't think I can overstate <laughs> how excited we are right now. Krispy Kreme announcing this week a free donut every day this year for anyone who could show their COVID vaccination card. Did you say free fries when you get vaccinated? Um... I got vaccinated. You're saying I could get this? You delicious fries? Wait a minute. But there's also a, a burger element to this. Any New Jerseyan who gets their first vaccine dose in the month of May 
and takes their vaccination card to one of the following participating breweries as proof of vaccination will receive a free beer. It's the only reason I regret waiting to get my first shot. That's all I can say. Today I'm announcing the all-in for the win vaccine lottery with $10 million in prizes. How can you get in on the action? Well, you just have to be vaccinated. We call it DE wins. Uh, Delaware wins. Everybody wins when everybody gets uh, vaccinated. And so we offer gift cards when people come in to get the shot. Pot is legal in Michigan, and yes, it's free. It's one joint. Oh, but they call it a pre-roll if you get a COVID vaccine. Are you going to get a shot? Yeah. Yeah, here you go. Take one. There you go. You got one, too. What are you? To those who haven't yet been vaccinated, please join us. I have been chosen. Farewell, my friends. I go on to a better place. Gotcha. So, Jack, marijuana for getting the shot. I mean, this is just disgusting. What's happening to our country to see that is absolutely depressing. And to see these people on tap dancing before the American people trying to encourage you and entice you uh, to basically commit sins just to get a, a vaccine. It's disgusting. Uh, it is absolutely disgusting to be giving away alcohol and, and drugs uh, to people to, to get a, a vaccine. And, you know, all along, they never talk about someone's immunity. And they see, you know, all of these tests that are coming out and all of these issues that are, are happening because of the vaccine. And I'm not saying that no one needs to get the vaccine, but at least start to see what people's immunity is and their immune systems. Uh, I just got a test from a company called Autotex, and I got an Autotex score that showed me that my immune my immunity level was so high that I had already withstanding the virus twice. And so for me to take on a vaccine right now would, wouldn't make sense. And so you just ignore all of the science and they always wanna go back to the science, but now they're ignoring the science and instead incentivizing you with donuts and, and coffee and beer and joints. Uh, these people are sick. I mean, we need to go into straight fasting and prayer in this nation if these are the folks that are really running our country because they got some demons in them that are, are brewing very deeply right now. Yes, and, and praying for the state of our country and also being willing to ask reasonable questions, Aubrey, because, it, you know, like Jack was just saying, everyone is being treated as if getting the virus is going to be a death sentence. We know from the statistics that's not true. We also know that there are people who have recovered from this virus who have natural antibodies, and that's not being talked about. People are being censored and called conspiracy theorists for even questioning this or thinking for themselves and saying, well, maybe my 14 to 18-year-old shouldn't get the vaccine. And now the CDC is uh, on a panel today is actually saying that there's a likely link to deaths of teenagers. And we, where were their parents in terms of informed consent and just asking the questions? You know, I recently, uh, Jenna, interviewed Dr. Robin Armstrong of Texas, medical doctor there. And he really is echoing everything that each of us are speaking of right now. Number one, he made something very clear to me, and that is the vaccine has never been FDA approved. And I, I think if we start from that premise, we'd find something very interesting. Here's something that the top scientists have not really come out as of yet and say, hey, we can cover this. And what most individuals really don't realize is, is a few other items here. And that's this. If a company can force you to be vaccinated, but yet they will not be liable in the event something happens, I, I think that should tell us something is wrong. So what you're really doing is what, unfortunately, 
A lot of black soldiers and others experienced through the government when there was force, alleged uh, immune systems uh, shots that were giving, only to find out it was syphilis, it was various type of uh, hallucinogenic drugs that were going on. And it just kind of makes you wonder if we can be that wicked and, and if we can mandate something that, again, if there's something that happens as a result of it, you can't go to court and sue the maker because they are exempt. Why in the world then would Americans begin to trust a system that has not yet been proven? I think we smell something foul in Denmark here. Yeah, and, and I think it's a reasonable question to, to just ask, what are the long-term effects? Um, you know, as a woman, there are no studies on fertility, on, you know, anything in terms, we've seen uh, some linkage to, you know, changes in women's menstrual cycles. I mean, you know, things that are just very odd. And like, Jack, like you said, I mean, it's not to say that nobody should take the vaccine, but the coercion and the pressure and all of these incentives are, uh, are just really uncalled for. And it makes you wonder, is this there's something else sinister behind this. Um, I interviewed Dr. Zelenko, who was suspended off of Twitter just for talking about hydroxychloroquine, like so many others. And he was saying that we know now that COVID, and we've known for a long time, uh, was a bioweapon. And, uh, and now, and I asked him the question, is the vaccine the second part of that bioweapon? And we don't know the answer to that. And just asking the question, you know, of course, CNN and all the fake news would label me a conspiracy theorist for that. But what do you say, Jack, to the parents that are looking at the effects now on children who are being forcibly asked uh, to take the vaccine or they can't even return to school or universities? Follow the science. Follow the science. Go get your kids' immunity checked. There are so many technologies that can test your child's antibiotics and, and check their defense system and defense mechanisms against these type of viruses. You don't have to go into it blind. I don't care who you are or what you are. You shouldn't take any virus if you don't understand and know your own immune system. And so I just encourage everyone to do the same thing that I did. I'm not letting my kid take it until they get their immunity check. I just got my immunity check and my Alatech score showed me exactly where I'm at. And so you guys can take the same thing. I suggest that if you're going to go out and spend the money for the vaccine, uh, go out and spend the, the 30, 40, 50 bucks and get this additional test. Information is key when you're talking about treating your body. I'm a professional athlete. I, I treat my athletes and the folks that I coach in the same way. You got to understand what your body is, is the levels your body is at before you start adding things into it. And so you never put things into a healthy child when they already have the defense mechanism. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we'll have to leave it there, but we will be right back with more of Just the Truth. Welcome back to Just the Truth, where we are not shy about telling the truth about election integrity and following the audits very, very closely. So joining me now is Heather Mullins. She is our great Real America's Voice correspondent who has been on the ground covering so much in Georgia. Heather, what is the update on the Georgia audit? Well, Jenna, as you know, that they were back in court uh, Monday of this week, and you had the Fulton County Board of Registrations and Elections represented by one of Georgia's top criminal defense attorneys. Nonetheless, he taught a white-collar criminal defense course at Georgia University. And what he was doing was filing motions claiming uh, sovereign immunity, right, that the citizens of Georgia didn't have the right to sue the Board of Registration in elections and that they should not be a party in this case. They filed a couple motions as well, saying that the case in general should be tossed out. 
Um, but one of the big things, his uh, co-counsel, Amanda Palmer of the same law firm, actually got up and spoke claiming that Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger's office has already conducted an investigation on these very ballots they're trying to unseal. So we have a little clip of that. Take a look. Address a question that the court put to Mr. Cheeley, mm -hmm. which was whether anyone had looked at the ballots, the absentee ballots, to see if they were machine generated. And I just, because we're on the record and in this forum, I wanted to respond to that and let the court know that, in fact, the Secretary of State's office has investigated that, is investigating that. There is an open investigation into all of the complaints regarding Fulton County and specifically what happened at the State Farm Arena during the tabulation. The Secretary of State's office and their investigator also pulled the specific batches that were identified uh, by the petitioner and their witnesses. Um, they did not, my understanding is they did not find what the witnesses were alleging. That report's not public yet, but the investigation is ongoing. And I, I do believe that uh, Mr. Calloway was deposed in this action and his deposition transcript has been filed and made part of the record in this case. And who is Mr. Calloway? He is the, the deputy chief investigator for the secretary of state's office. Wow. So there's a lot to unpack here, Jenna, because her own words right there said that the secretary of state's office pulled the very batches that are supposedly currently under seal in Fulton County. So, and, and mind you, Brad Raffensperger went on the record before Congress certified the election saying his office had already investigated all the fraud claims in Georgia and that Georgia's election had run smoothly. So now they're saying, this attorney is saying that Raffensperger has an open investigation into these very ballots, Jenna. And this is just shocking. And I think everyone is seeing the corruption of Brad Raffensperger and especially with uh, Just the News, John Solomon's report uh, from last week about the 29 page report that Raffensperger's own hired investigator was on the ground looking at all of this and he knew the results, his office knew the results of that investigation before he went out and said to the world, to President Trump, to Congress, to everyone else, that this was the most safe and secure election ever. I mean, what does that uh, tell you, Heather, and what's the state of uh, Georgia in terms of how they're looking at Brad Raffensperger right now? You know, it's weird because when I saw Brad Raffensperger tweet out the other day that, you know, they were investigating these uh, missing Dropbox chain of custody documents and stuff and saw how he was backpedaling. I mean, I don't trust the guy and, and I don't think Georgians do either at this point. Uh, you know, I personally spoke with people at his office, Gabriel Sterling, the voter uh, voting system implementations manager, and brought to their attention several issues across the state. And just like everyone else, it fell on deaf ears. It's like they don't care, Jenna, which is really interesting. And, and, you know, one of the other big things that I had broken recently was the fact that the Dominion worker, the Dominion technician in Fulton County is apparently a Nigerian citizen. And, and this deposition that I had obtained actually came from a case last year. And the deposition was from September of 2020, where Raffensperger was a party. And so now it begs the question, like, why are foreign citizens running the election in Fulton County? A lot that doesn't make sense, Jenna. Yeah, this is uh, really interesting. I think it's going to be interesting to see what unfolds. So uh, where are we at in the audit stage and what do you anticipate uh, moving forward, Heather? 
Great. So the audit, from what I gathered this at this past hearing, right, the open records request that that unseals the ballots, I guess legally that's moving forward because a new law passed where the, the citizens of Georgia can have access to ballot images. Um, one thing that the, the Fulton County had argued, though, right, because what's going to happen is the judge unsealed the ballots so that we could take new higher resolution images of these ballots. And they're arguing that the act allows us access to the images, but doesn't necessarily give the judge authority to create new images of a higher resolution. And so this is sort of one of the things that are probably going to be addressed in the courts in the next few weeks. Uh, but where it currently stands is the judge is going to make a decision on the motions to remove the Board of Registration elections as a defendant, as well as their motions to dismiss the case. He's going to weigh his uh, opinion on that in the next few weeks. And once he makes a decision, Fulton County will have seven days to respond. Yeah, well, thank you so much for that, Heather Mullins, uh, on the ground there in Georgia. And you continue to bring us great updates about all of the audits. Everyone follow her at Talk Mullins on Twitter for all of these great updates. And, you know, Heather, this is something that I think as all Americans, we want transparency in our elections, free and fair elections. The fact that this even needs to be litigated, I think is ridiculous. This should be something that everyone agrees. We need to look at what happened, come to the truth, whatever that truth is, it should be open and accessible to the American people. So thank you for all of your hard work and we'll talk to you soon. Heather Mullins. All right, thanks. And now to Just the Word. Philippians 2, 1 through 11 says, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in the very nature God, something to be used to his own advantage, rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. That's it for this episode of Just the Truth. I'm Jenna Ellis, and we are sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find out more about the Thomas More Society and the incredible work that we do there at thomasmoresociety.org. And I will be back tomorrow and every Monday through Friday here on Just the Truth.